Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. Here's Pastor Robert Manessis. I'd like to start to say that women are unique and special. Not one amen. (laughs) Women are unique and special. Can you say amen? Now, God made man and female in His image. You go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there if you have your Bibles. That God made man and uh, male and female in His image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. I'm going to read that for you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And the Bible says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female, He created them. So the Bible clearly says that that, uh, man and women, male and female, are created in the image of God. But then it says that in chapter 2, verse 7, that they, though they are both in His image, in the image of God, they were made differently. In Genesis chapter 2, look at verse 7. Though they are both in the image of God created, they were made differently. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And that's talking about Adam there. Now listen. The Hebrew word in regards to formed Uh, in regards to made, is yatsar, which means that Adam was formed. But look at this. When it came to Eve, God uses a different word when He made Eve. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. That though they are both made in the image of God, the way that God made Adam and Eve were differently, was differently. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says that Adam was formed... It's a Hebrew word there called uh, Yetzar, formed. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, Adam, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And the word made there is not the same word found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It's a different Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word bana, translated as built. So, so the Bible is saying that though man was formed, a woman was built meticulously to the beauty that she is. A woman is unique. Now, the relationship between a mother and her child is like no other. Yes, a father plays an important role in the house. Can you say amen? And we know that the the, the man is the the priest of the home, but the role of the mother in the home is truly unique and special. You see, I have two kids, and that's all we can handle. (laughs) Two and done. God bless those who have more and those who have less, but that's all we can handle is two. And this I know that me and my son, Robert, we like to roughhouse. He likes to roughhouse with me. We roughhouse. We sort of wrestle and boom, 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 this and that. But this is what happens, that when he gets hurt 
wherever outside or playing, he doesn't run to dad. Guess who he runs to? He runs to mom, right? Though he roughhouses with dad, when he gets hurt, he runs to mom, okay? And then when little, littler, and my daughter or son were hungry, and uh, my wife was breastfeeding, guess what? If I woke up in the wee hours of the morning and I entered their room, I had nothing to offer them. There was nothing I could do. They needed mom. Amen. Now, I'm going to show you now that even in the animal kingdom, that a mother has a unique instinct, a woman does. Now, before I show you this, listen again to this story here. In Mississippi, I was pastoring there. And there was a man, and his name was Phil, and he uh, came to become a Seventh-day Adventist Christian through some meetings that I held there in Summit, Mississippi. Long story short, a few years later, he gets to the point where he is literally covered from head to toe with cancer. And I go to the hospital. His two boys are there. They're grown men. They have children. And as I was there with Phil and his two sons, this man literally was dying. Ravished with stage four cancer all over his body, and I remember it like yesterday. He said to his two sons standing there at his bedside, he, he said, sons, I quote him, he said, sons, I love you with all my heart. But look what he said next but I wish my mom was here. Even at about 60 years old, as this man was literally dying, he says, I love my sons, but I wish my mom was here. Mothers are unique, they are special. Now take a look at the screen here, and we're gonna see that our title of today's sermon is going to be Jochebed, and we'll look at her in a minute. But even in the animal kingdom, a mother has a uniqueness. They have a inherited instinct. Take a look. A harp seal, as if raising a child on a moving sheet of ice patrolled by polar bears and fur poachers weren't hard enough, the harp seal mom nurses her pup on 48% fat seal milk continuously for 12 days. Without eating, her pup will gain an average of five pounds per day during this 12-day nursing period, while mom herself will lose about seven pounds per day. Look at this here. The koala bear, relying almost entirely on eucalyptus leaves for her diet, the koala bear mom rarely leaves the safety of her treetop home. The mom gives birth to a quarter-inch long joey, a hairless, blind, and earless version of herself. For about six months, the joey stays in her unique pouch where it slowly grows from a diet of, her, of only her milk. Now look at this. Then the joey crawls out of the mother's pouch and takes up a place on her back where he will remain there for another six months. Have mercy. Talk about carrying them around, literally. Look at this. Even in the animal kingdom, mothers have a unique instinct 
a polar bear, the habitat where the average winter temperature can reach negative 40 Fahrenheit, isn't exactly ideal for raising a young, so the mother polar bear digs an underground den. She remains in an, a hibernational-like state through the coldest winter months. The mother gives birth uh, between November and February to a litter that almost always consists of two cubs who, in, who then live in the safety of the den while nursing on the fasting of mother's milk. Now look at this. At the end of this period, the bears emerge from the den and eventually make their way to moving sea ice where the mother can catch seals once again. At this point, the mother has been fasting for up to eight months while raising two hungry cubs. And I have just two more quick ones here. Fascinating. African elephant, look at this, the largest land mammal also has the longest pregnancy among mammals, averaging a staggering 22 months. Ladies, how would you like to be pregnant for almost two years? Now, have mercy. <laughs> I mean, I, I thank God. God bless all, all mothers. I, I, I've been to the living room. Have mercy. I'm thankful to be a man. But I can't imagine to be pregnant for 22 months. She, it continues here. Elephants usually give birth to one calf who will rely on the mother's milk for four to six years. One would think that years of devotion to her calf and the protection of the herd would lead to a healthy adult elephant, but in reality, every few calves live to adulthood. That's so sad. The sacrifice of this mother, and eventually she can't even see the elephant grow to adulthood. One more, one more. This is very fascinating, our last one. Giant Pacific octopus. Now, God forbid that I was ever swimming in the ocean, which I probably would not do in the deep oceans, and come across one of these, okay? Now, look at this. A female octopus has only one goal, to have one successful brood of eggs in her lifetime. She will lay about 200,000 eggs in her lair and defend them at any cost. During the one month of caring for her eggs, take a look at this. The female is starved almost to death and may even ingest one of her own arms before she will leave her eggs for food. That is incredible. Continues. Once the eggs hatch, the offspring float around in blooms of plankton while their mother wanders out of her lair, too weak to defend herself often falling prey to pet predators. Even in the animal kingdom, we have here um, uh, instincts by the mother. A mother, a woman is unique. Can you say amen? Behind every great leader and man or woman in the Bible, there was a mother who influenced them and helped them develop their character. Now, I also now want to give a parenthetical statement. Because I know that there are women out there who never had a chance to have children. And I want to tell you this, that God loves you just the same. Many barren women were in the Bible, and God loved them just the same. You are seen no less in the eyes of God. And this I know, that though a woman 
though she has had children or not, I guarantee this, that every woman has had a motherly influence on somebody. So today we're going to study the mother of Moses, one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. And her name is Jochebed. And these are the lessons we're going to see in our message today, that this woman, Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and we're going to see that she had two other children who were major players in the Bible. I mean, what, a, what an influence she must have had. But we're going to see here in our study that this woman, Lessons, was a woman of humility, of faith, prayer, an educator, and sacrificial. And I, like I said, all these qualities we're going to see can be applied to anybody. Can you say amen? Now, let's begin to unpack the story of this amazing mother, Jochebed. Here in the Bible, in the book of Numbers, chapter 26, verse 59, it's on the screen. The name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt and to Amram, and she bore three children. And what were their names? Yeah, Aaron and Moses and their sister Miriam. What a lineup. I mean, Moses and Aaron, who eventually became the high priest and all the lineage there of the high priest, and then Miriam, who was a prophetess in the Bible. Though this others, and she was Jochebed. So, let's begin to take a look at the characteristics of this mother, Jochebed. Our first one is this. She was a humble woman of faith and prayer, a woman who loved God. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the book of Exodus chapter 1. Our first point about Jochebed, the mother of Moses and Miriam and Aaron, was that she was a woman who was humble and of faith and prayer, and she loved God. Exodus chapter 1, second book of the Bible, Genesis, then Exodus chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. Let's set the stage here. If you're at home again, I hope that you are opening up your Bibles with us and studying with us today as we are looking at the characteristics of Jochebed, the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And the Bible says, beginning in chapter 1 of Exodus chapter 1, verse 6, it says, And Joseph died. I hope you know who Joseph is. All his brothers and all that generation, verse 7, but the, gen the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, and who did not know Joseph, verse 9, and he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more than mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out, um, and go up out of the, what? Out of the land. Verse 11, therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Patham and Ramses, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and there were, uh, they, were they were in dread of the children of Israel. The Bible then continues to say that 
the Pharaoh then asks all the, um, all the um, uh, what do they call them? Let me make sure I get it here. That, that he asked all the, um, the midwives, yes, all the midwives to go ahead and kill all the male children. But the Bible says, if, if you continue reading there, that they feared the Lord and did not do as what the Pharaoh demanded. And then he says, okay, well, if the midwives are not going to be obedient to me, I'm going to appeal to all the Egyptian people that if they see a Hebrew woman have a son to throw them into the Nile River, look at verse 22 of chapter 1. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, every son who was born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. We now come to chapter 2, and we are introduced now to Jochebed. Verse 1, and a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. We know her as Jochebed, numbers told us. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him how long? Three months. Now, in the book of Hebrews, if you look at the screen, it says there that by faith they hid Moses and they were not afraid of the king's command. But in chapter 2 of Exodus, we know who was really the one hiding her son. It was Jochebed. And because of her faith in God and trusting in God, she hid him. Now, let's keep reading in chapter 2, as we're going to see again that Jochebed was a woman of humility, of prayer, and who loved God. Verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds of the river bank. We continue verse 4. And his sister, that's Miriam, stood afar off to know what would be done of who? Of him. Now, let's think. If you were a mother and you put your three-month-old baby into a basket, sealed it with pitch, and was about to th put it in the Nile River and let go, let me ask you a question. Do you think that you would be praying? Do you think that this woman was not agonizing in prayer day after day, and when she let that go, not pray to God to say, Lord, please protect my son? Yes or no? Absolutely. This woman here had to be a woman of prayer and of faith, because let me tell you something. Thing. To put your son three months in a basket and let him go, you have to have faith. There is no way you cannot be a person, a woman of faith here, if she didn't completely trust in God to protect her son. A woman of faith and of prayer. Take a look at this. This is from the book Patriarchs and Prophets. And the spirit of prophecy says, the mothers, talking about Jochebed, what are these two words? Earnest prayers. She just affirms what the Bible is telling us. She had to be a woman of prayer, had to be a woman of faith, had committed her child to the care of God, 
and angels unseen hovered above his lowly resting place. God had heard the mother's prayers. Her faith had been what? Had been rewarded. I want to let the mothers know, don't ever stop praying for your children. Ever. Do not ever stop praying for your children. Can you say amen? Do you know that many of children are back in church and to God due to the prayers of their mothers? Here we see again Jochebed, a woman of trust and faith and prayer. And these are principles we can all take, not just the women, but even a man. These qualities here. God bless Jochebed. Look at this. She committed her child to the care of God. I invite every mother to commit their children to God's care. Can you say amen? God is with those mothers who through trials and heartache do their best to commit their children to God. She had faith and was a woman of what? Of prayer. Number two, so we saw that she was a humble woman of faith and prayer, a woman who loved God. She was also an educator, teacher of the things of God and a woman of sacrifice. We're back in Exodus chapter 2. Let's take a look at that. Jochebed was also an educator and a woman of sacrifice. Just say amen when you're back in Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. So as the baby is in the Nile, and who is following the baby closely? Miriam, okay, the sister. And God is orchestrating all this out. Now we're in verse 7. Then his sister, Miriam, said to the Pharaoh's daughter, after, of course, the Pharaoh's daughter found the baby, was crying in there, she opened the basket, she saw it, she picked it up, she wanted it to be her own son. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from, Hebrew, from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Isn't that awesome? Who do you think that Miriam was going to get? <laughs> she was going to go get the mother, amen? Incredible how God began to work this out. Here's Miriam. She says, oh, you know what? Just I'll find the perfect woman to nurse this baby, Amen. My mom will do it, <laughs> who's the mother of the baby. We continue reading. We keep, now we're in verse 8. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Guess who the child's mother was? It's Jochebed. We continue. Then Pharaoh's daughter, uh, uh, verse 9, then the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Verse 10, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Now listen and look. This is incredible what God has done, intervened here, that not only is baby Moses taken back to the mother, and then she gets paid to look after her own son. But here's the thing. We're going to see that Moses did not return back to the Pharaoh's house until he was 12 years old. We're going to see that 
Mrs. White confirms this, but usually the age of 12 was the ripe age to sort of let them sort of go. So look at this. What I'm going to bring out here is incredible and powerful. Now, you can imagine the sacrifice, struggle, and pain it must have been for Jochebed to give her son to another woman that would call her his mother. That takes sacrifice. Because she could have taken Moses and ran. That's a possibility. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hope you're ready for this. What kind of education and influence was Moses going to have in the Egyptian schools? Do you think they were going to teach them about the Almighty God in heaven? Do you think he was going to receive that religious education like that? Absolutely not. In the Egyptian schools, he was going to get nothing but idolatry and error and all those things. And who knows what else they would do? They were paganistic society. They worshipped everything that you can think of. And they, were, and they did all sorts of things. So listen, Jochebed knew that she had just a precious amount of years to educate her son on a true God. Look at this here in the book of Hebrews. Before I read that, look at this. God knew that the only way Moses could withstand his young adult years in Egypt was by spending his early years with his mother, her influence and teaching. Because look at this. In Hebrews it says, by faith Moses, when he became age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of what? of sin, continues, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not uh, fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured uh, as seeing him who was invisible. And my question is, where did he learn about the Almighty God? Where did he learn about the law of God and what was right to do? In Egypt? Not at all. Guess where? At the foot of his mother. She was an educator, and she knew, she knew she had these precious years to educate her son, to lead him to Jesus, to teach him about the true God, the living God, and implant in him a seed that when he went to Egypt, it would never go away. The only way Moses could withstand Egypt was through the education of his mother, she knew she only had a few years to instill in Moses what was needed when Moses grew up. Those seeds came out and God had watered them. You see, I have seen claim that it, you mothers out there, please educate your children. Educate them and plant those seeds in their hearts. And those mothers who have, have faith that by God's grace those seeds will one day come to fruition I can attest to this. I was born into a Seventh-day Adventist Christian home. I thought my grandfather was a pastor in Portugal. We left the church. We left God. Sports was my life. That's all I cared about. But listen, though I was playing high school football there on Friday nights, which you knew good, know good and well, that's the Sabbath. 
and going to um, Ybor City in Tampa there. It's a place where all the clubs were. But in my heart, I knew that God existed. In my heart, there was a seed there that eventually, by God's grace, began to flourish, and I came back to God. That's why we are never praying for our children ever. But take this time to educate. Even if they're grown today and God opens a door, don't take for granted the power to educate your children and the influence the mother has. Can you say amen? What I'm going to do next is read some of the spirit of prophecy. It's a little lengthy. I usually don't have this much, but it's worth it. Just stay with me. In the book Education, we're told this about Jochebed. She sought to implant in his heart, Moses, love and loyalty to God, and faithfully was the work accomplished. Those principles of truth that were the burden of his mother's teaching and the lesson of her life, no after influence could induce Moses to renounce. Can you say amen? An educator, a woman who educated her son knowing that he could no, not um, uh, stand in Egypt without it. Now look at this, Patriarchs and Prophets, it continues. She faithfully improved her opportunity to educate her child for God. She felt confident that he had been preserved for some great work, and she knew that he must soon be given up to his royal mother to be surrounded with the influences that would tend to lead him away from God. She endeavored to imbue his mind with the fear of God and the love of the truth and justice, and earnestly prayed that he might be preserved from every corrupti corrupting thing. Can you say amen for Jochebed? What an influence. We continue. She showed him the folly and sin of idolatry and early taught him to bow down and pray to the living God who alone could hear him and help him in every emergency. Just a little bit more. She kept the boy as long as she could but was obliged to give him up when he was about how old? Twelve years old. From his humble cabin home, he was taken to the royal palace and the daughter of Pharaoh and he became her son. Yet even her here, he did not lose the impressions received, where? In childhood. The lessons learned at his mother's side could not be forgotten. That should encourage every mother out there, no matter where your son or daughter might be, those lessons in the heart there are still there. Amen. They were a shield from the pride, the infidelity, and the vice that flourished amid the splendor of the court. How far-reaching in its result was the influence of that one Hebrew woman. And she in exile and a slave. The whole future life of Moses, the great mission which he fulfilled as the leader of Israel, testified to the importance of the work of the Christian mother. Know this, there would not be a Moses that we know today if it was not for Jochebed. Hallelujah. There is no other work that can equal this. A very great extent, the mother holds in her hands the destiny of her children. What a role God has placed on the mother there. Nothing can equal it. It's even greater than the work of angels. She is dealing with developing minds and characters, working not alone for time but for eternity. She is sowing seed that will spring up and bear fruit either for good or for evil. 
She has not the paint a form of beauty upon canvas to, to this, to, to, or to chisel it from marble, but to impress upon a human soul the image of the divine, especially during their early years that the responsibility rests upon her of forming the character of her children. The impressions now made upon their developing minds will remain with them all through life. Here we go, last one. Parents should direct the, instru direct the instruction and training of their children while very young to the end of that they may be Christians. But look at this. They are placed in our care to be trained, not as heirs to the throne of an earthly empire, but as kings unto God to reign through unending ages. Let every mother feel that her moments are priceless. Though both the husband and wife have a responsibility for the children, the reality is the brunt of it and the influence of the mother rests there. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, train, the Hebrew word there means to teach, dedicate up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A mother's responsibility in the character forming of their children is incredible. The work of a mother is one of the greatest works that there is. So mothers, don't ever get discouraged. God is with you. And He's there to help you. But I want to bring this up as we begin to close today. You might be thinking, I've done all this, Pastor. I, I did all my best to raise up my child in the way of the Lord. I did my best to lead him to Jesus or to her to Jesus, but they're not there. Well, let me say this. Unfortunately, sometimes there are Cains. You know who Cain was, yes? The brother of Abel. Now, usually Eve gets a bad rap. <laughs> She's the one that took the fruit and ate it and was deceived, gave it to her husband. But I want to say this. I believe that Eve was a good mother. I want to understand and know that after God had showed them through the, through when the, in Genesis it says that God made a tunic of skins to clothe them. An animal was slain there by Adam to show and pointing to the sanctuary service and the coming Messiah. And we know that through this uh, symbol there, they understood the problem of sin and where they were, and they repented. And I know for a fact that they educated their children the right way. How do I know? Because Abel, when he came to sacrifice before God, he brought the right sacrifice. And Abel was the younger brother. Therefore, if the younger brother knew what to do, the older brother knew what to do. Do you know that Eve was the first woman to lose a child? You see, sometimes, unfortunately, you do all your best to lead your children the right way, but sometimes they don't want to listen and they go their own way. It happens. It happened to Cain. So don't, don't blame yourself, oh, Lord, what did I do wrong? And, and maybe you might say, oh, Lord, I, I haven't even done any of this. Well, you know what? God is merciful. Go to him and say, Lord, forgive me, but today I can still be an influence for my child. Amen. God bless all mothers.
I want to finish with these few slides. Even when you do your best and teach your children the right way, some choose to go their own way. But never give up on praying for them, loving them, and continuing to influence and teach them the right way. Hallelujah. And if you're a mother today with small ones, I pray that you can lead them to Jesus, pray for them, influence them. Because the mother's role to educate there in the home is beyond comprehension, the power and the influence they have. Look at this here, last few slides. There would, be, there, would be, there would have been no Moses if it weren't for his godly mother, Jochebed. God bless her. God bless every mother. God bless every mother's children. God bless you. And again, if the Lord's will, you never had children, God bless you. And your influence can still be felt and seen with others you come across with. I end with these slides here. Adventist home, if you are a married couple or if you're single, doesn't matter, you're going to want to read Adventist home. Can somebody say amen? The greatest book you're going to read on how the home should be dealt with. She says on page 231, women should fill the position which God originally designed for her as her husband's equal, the world needs mothers who are mothers not merely in name, but in every sense of the word. We may safely say that the distinctive duties of women are more sacred, more holy than those of man. Have mercy. Now, I want to say that men and women are created equal in being, but don't you dare tell me that God has not given men and women different roles to play, because He has. And God bless every role. Amen. We continue. Let woman realize the sacredness of her work and in the strength and fear of God to take up her life mission. Let her educate her children for usefulness in this world and for a home in the better world. Last one here, page 243. The day of God will reveal how much the world owes to godly mothers for men who have been unflinching advocates of truth and reform, men who have been bold to do and dare, who have stood unshaken amid trials and temptations, men who chose the high and holy interest of truth and the glory of God before worldly honors or life itself. God bless their mothers for their influence. And my last verse is this, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. That's true, friends. We get older, more wrinkles will come. The only person who I've never seen get older is my wife. That's going to give me some points when I get home. But the reality is, friends, we're not going to stay as young as we're going to be. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. For those who are single out there, nothing wrong with being attractive physically to your spouse. I'm attracted to my wife. She says she's attracted to me. I'll take her word. But really when it comes down to it all is who they are as a person.
and their love for Jesus and their commitment to Him. So again, God bless all mothers. Thank you. Thank you. Men, I pray that you can help your, your spouse feel special tomorrow. And what I want to do, first of all, is ask, did this message make sense today? That the qualities of Jochebed, a woman of prayer, of faith, and of loving God, a woman who was an educator and sacrificed greatly. But though you might be a woman or not, those principles can be applied for everybody. Because God wants everybody to be a people of prayer, can you say amen? And of faith, and an educator, and sacrificial. This podcast is a service of the University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.